1: There's no maximum age or anything that you c- that you have to start the potty training process by because mostly it's about timing it right and making sure that it makes sense with your family more so than, you know, your child's age and, and how old they are and things like that.
0: I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck we get lost, or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Hey there. Thank you for clicking play and joining me for today's episode. By clicking play, you are telling me that you are either about to jump into the potty training season, or you are already somewhere in the middle of it. And my episode with today's guest brought me right back to all of those early moments with the kids with potty training. And so if you're struggling, if you are feeling confused, uncertain, overwhelmed, anxious, I'm just holding space for all of those feelings. And I know our conversation today is going to help give you some direction forward. Before I do that, I want to share with you a new resource that I have. And this one I'm truly excited about. I kept hearing from you that it felt impossible to start a conversation with your partner. Or if you had 10 minutes, just the two of you, you didn't know where to start in terms of how to deepen your connection. And I get it because that parenthood stage this season, it can feel so hard. One of the most common things I talk about is how we as parenting partners end up feeling like two ships passing each other in the night. And we know that the further apart we get from each other, the more negative emotions we start to feel, the more negative, the more gridlock we get into our negative cycle. And ultimately we end up not feeling good. We end up not sharing our needs. We don't feel close and connected. So I created my 100 questions to help you deepen your connection And it is probably one of my favorite resources that I have. That and also my repair masterclass, because so many of us did not learn how to repair in our relationships. So you can head to my website, drtracyd.com forward slash connect to download this guide. And Greg and I did it on a date night recently, and we had so much fun going through the questions. So if you do happen to print it out and you go through it with your partner, which I highly encourage you to do. Send me a DM and let me know how it goes, or better yet, share it with someone else in your life who you know is also in this hard season of parenthood, where of course our goal here is to prioritize ourselves and also our relationships. Did you know that June is National Potty Training Month? So the fact that we have Allison Jandu, Potty Training Consultant, on the podcast today is so exciting. So Allison is the owner and founder of Potty Training Consultant. She is a mom just like you. And when it came time to potty train her oldest, she was quickly overwhelmed by all the conflicting information available online and was missing the support and guidance she was after. She didn't think it seemed fair for mamas to have to guess their way through potty training. Toddlerhood is already challenging enough. So with over thousands of hours of research, she created Potty Training Consultant, where she has helped thousands of families potty train. She does not just provide a place to get that one-on-one expert support, but she also offers a community where moms can come together without judgment, ask the hard questions, and get evidence-based facts that drive potty success. Her links are in the show notes, and she also has a free mini course for you to take which is called The 5 Things You Can Start Now to Make Potty Training Easier. Let's go into today's conversation. Hi, Allison. I'm so glad that you're joining me here on the podcast. Thank you so much for sitting with me and joining all of us today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I have to comment on what is behind you because, of course, the listeners don't get to see it. But you... (laughs) Need to also then tell us who you are and all that you are offering your community. And for those who can't see, you have a poo emoji behind you with
1: a baby on a potty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that about sums it up. I am uh, the <laughs> I'm the owner and founder of Potty Training Consultant, uh, where we have very proudly worked with over 6,000 families now to help them meet their potty training goals so we provide that support to you know families at all stages of the process and um it's just been a super rewarding journey for me
0: you have been doing such amazing work and this is something that so many of us need help through because it's a really hard stage and i was thinking of my own experiences and just before we clicked official record we had shared the ages of our children and how you know it seems so long ago and yet it just seems like yesterday but I can remember us moving out of that sleep stage where everybody is talking about what are your sleep choices what are you doing for sleep is your baby a good sleeper and are you sleeping through the night and then you have this lull and then suddenly it comes up with the like When are you stopping diapers? When will you be potty (laughs) training? And there's just
1: so much wrapped into there in the parenthood journey. Yes. And I feel like it's one thing after another. And it all happens around the same time that you're trying to learn how to cope with the toddler years in general. And it can be very daunting for parents. So I completely, I completely empathize with that, that it's, it's, an overwhelming task to think about having to take on, especially if you're not quite sure where to start.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that is a really good way of describing it is it's it's overwhelming and it can feel like you're just starting to, you know, very much for us, our journey was, we are just feeling a little bit more settled. And then we right. are starting to deal with these big emotions and this these toddlers who are now asserting themselves and how fantastic it is that they are finding their nose and the things that they want. And, and then also here we are coming in with
1: this, oh, and by the way, we need to rock your world by teaching you this really massive piece here. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's not always super well received from Mm -hmm. the child's side. And I think that that when parents see that might be the first time that the parents are starting to see some of that resistive behavior from their kids is when they start talking about the potty training, and then it makes you question everything, like, am I doing something wrong? Should I not be doing this? Are they not ready? And that just adds kind of to I feel like the stress and the uncertainty of everything in the process, because I don't know, as as moms, particularly, there's a lot of pressure to like, you know, don't screw it up like you don't want to have to do potty training more than once. And uh, there's a lot of pressure that comes along with it. And you're questioning, like, should I take a break? Or should I push through? Like, there's just so many things up in the air. I feel like when you first get started, especially if it's not going super smoothly.
0: And that is exactly where you come in. And I know you have so many amazing resources for parents. So I'm going to have those in the show links and for people to follow you on Instagram, because you also share so many helpful tips. But even just entering into this conversation for those who are listening, giving yourself that permission to acknowledge just how big this is. And that, sure. I mean, I think you would agree with this. It's it's okay that it's not going to be perfect. And it's probably not going to map out exactly how you think it should. Yeah. Is that fair to say?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. I mean, potty training is one of those things that you just never know how it's going to go until you dive in and and attempt mm-hmm. it. And it's also one of those things that is really it's really easy to kind of fall into the trap of comparing what your experience should look like to someone else that has a child who's a similar age or whatever, when the simple fact is there's just, you know, no two potty training journeys really ever look the same, even between siblings, between twins even. And it's, it's a very unique and individualized experience per child. And so it's really important that parents understand and everybody listening out there understands that, you know, it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong, or, you know, that you're not good at it or something, if it's not going exactly how you might have envisioned it to go. It's a process, you know, it's it's a learning process. It's not necessarily like a one time event that happens. So there will be ups and downs. But, you know, you always come out better on the other side and it's it's you know it's just one of those things a, a learning moment for everybody involved really
0: support for today's episode comes from loop earplugs For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom, and instead, my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using loop engage to help dampen the sound around me and these loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation i still hear greg i can still hear the kids i love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher, or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, There is no compromise, so we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient reviewed in network doctors, including mental health providers and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location availability and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com slash I N Y S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to that's dot slash i-n-y-s and get the care that you need today support for today's episode comes from cozy earth you know i am all about caring for ourselves especially in these busy years with our young kids we are pulled in so many directions but i think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing Sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's SHRINK, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature-regulating technology which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. cozy earth uses the very best fabrics materials and wares offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days I look forward to getting into bed and we've been loving the sheets for over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality but the best part is that if you're worried about commitment enjoy a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty on all of your purchases head over to Cozy. CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. And that kind of draws into this expectation trap that we can get into, right? The expectations and the comparisons when mm. someone tells the success that they had with their own potty training journey with their children or with one child and then you know, I've been talking about this theme around how we personalize so much and how we internalize all of these outside things where we then say to ourselves, I'm doing everything wrong. We mean it, right. we take it to mean something about our self-worth of, oh, I must not be a good mom. I'm not a good enough parent. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm screwing them up. They're going to college and I've just screwed them up. Right. <laughs> like that's where our brains <laughs> yes. go. What What I do know. you do to parents who's, who come to you with those really big, high expectations? what does you say to them?
1: Yeah. So first of all, I always like to remind people that, you know, you're not going to hear people bragging about the experience that didn't go well. So <laughs> you're only going to hear from the parents, you know, talking about how easy their child was to potty train. And so first of all, know that that's not necessarily the commonality across, you know, mm-hmm. the entire population of parents Um, up to up to 60% of parents admit to having struggled with potty training and 40% of parents th- that were pulled recently admitted to taking a break and starting over again with potty training later. So it's mm. something that, you know, most parents struggle with, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, that almost is normal. So try, first of all, not to put those Those heavy weights on, and those, you know, unrealistic expectations of, you know, it should be a three day process and then you're good to go. Because that almost never happens. So I think a lot of times when parents come to me and they're struggling and they're in like a really dark place about potty training, it just takes hearing that from somebody who's worked with thousands of families to say, you know, no, it's okay. like you were not alone in this. Um, it's definitely I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't such a need, you know, if people right. weren't in need of that support. So yeah, I feel yeah. like just recognizing that from the get go can help people kind of settle down with those feelings a little bit. I really
0: love how you had, have just said, you know, it's okay if you need to start and then stop and try again. It just gives right. us permission that as parents, as a family, we can always course correct because mm-hmm. like potty training, like anything, that there are, are environmental factors, right? You know, I can think of with my first, I was pregnant, throwing up with my second all yeah. every day, all day long. The last thing was on my mind was to potty train my little one, Right. right. Or even bumps along the way if someone's lost their job or a family member died or the (laughs) dog is sick and needed surgery, like there's all of these, or or you and your partner happen to be in a rough patch that it's like, we can't even be a team right now. How can we then add another layer into our relationship, which is potty training? It's okay to shift gears. And I think sometimes one of our biggest barriers, I think it's a barrier, is this rigidity around choosing something that it's like okay so I'm traveling down this road and oh no now I can only ever go down this road rather than saying let's
1: make a few turns and
0: choose a different path
1: yeah and many times if you feel that you know if you really feel that deep inside this just doesn't feel right for us right now then it's the right decision you know to Mm -hmm. to just press pause and you don't necessarily have to like waste any of the progress that you might have already made. You know, you can take half a step backwards and just, you know, take some of the pressure off from yourself and your child in the process. And a lot of times that will reduce the pressure enough to make sure you get it done to just know that this can be a gradual thing that happens over time. It doesn't have to be something that you shove into a long weekend because a lot of times, (laughs) yeah, like I've got an extra day of work coming up off of work coming up. Like, can I start potty training? And it's like, I mean, you can, but, you know, just don't expect to have a fully potty trained child by the time you're sending them back to school on Tuesday or whatever. So a lot of it initially is the mental prep of, you know, just understanding what that reality could look like and that, you know, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a road that you're taking to help your child learn. And you're going to have good days and you're going to have some bad days mixed in. And like you were saying, there could be road bumps along the way that make you need to step back altogether for a little bit. And that's okay. You know, mm. there's no, there's no maximum age or anything that you could that you have to start the potty training process by because mostly it's about timing it right and making sure that it makes sense with your family more so than, you know, your child's age and and how old they are and things like that. Mm, Okay, that leads me into my next thought then, which is how I and
0: I, I know we as parents love certainty and control. If yeah. I'm going to put my child to sleep in the blue shark pajamas with this sleep sack, <laughs> then I know I'm going to get at least 10 hours of solid sleep, right? Yeah. We love yeah. that control. Safety. <laughs> but so I, I know we can never say it's when X, Y, and Z happen. But in general, from your experience, how do we know when our child is ready and we should start this process?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like the the golden answer. Everybody wants to know, like, when is the best time to start? And a lot of people always jump to thinking that it needs to be done around a certain age, but actually looking for more kind of a, those developmental markers is what's the, you know, a better indicator of when they might be ready to start. So. Um, from just kind of a, a developmental process in general, we like to see um, some level of communication present for the child. So obviously that can occur at all different ages for kids, um, but we they don't necessarily need to have like verbal spoken language but um you know being able to communicate their needs to you in some way so some sort of expression they need to be able to have first and then likewise also some receptive language so um so them being able to understand even in just simple terms things that we're asking of them so being able to follow like one to two step directions it's always good to have that in place before starting potty training so that, you know, they understand what's going on and they can be active participants in the process. Uh, and then also we like to see their gross motor skills kind of well established. And I like to see that mainly for a safety standpoint because, you know, they're we want them to be stable and and safe and um, supported while they're sitting on the potty so that we don't have to worry about them falling or tipping over, things like that. So, hmm hopefully they're, they're well-established with walking, sitting, standing um, by the time you start the potty training process. And then there's some other kind of physiological factors that you can look for, like them staying dry for longer periods throughout the day. You know, you may notice that you're not having to change their diapers quite as frequently. So, If they're able to go about an hour or more with a dry diaper, then that's a good indicator that they could probably start from a physical standpoint. Uh, They might have more predictable bowel movements or the timing of them or um, wanting to hide when they're having a bowel movement because that shows that they're having some awareness that they they are actually in need of going, which is Mm. one of the main steps in the body training process. So that's a big one. And And what do parents do in that one? Sorry, I'm interrupting that one.
0: No, that's okay. In terms of when a child goes and hides to poop, what is it?
1: what's. Yeah. So, so that kind of just stems back to our like innate desire for privacy during pooping, um, which carries on into adulthood, obviously. And I'm sure some of it is social too, when, you know, kids notice that when their parents are in the bathroom, they close the door, you know, those kinds of things. And, So when you do notice that your child is starting to kind of run off and hide behind the curtains or under the kitchen table or something like that, just try to help them recognize what's happening with their body. Just be like, oh, looks like you're about to have a poo, you know, those kinds of things, and just help them start to make the connection between the actions that they're taking and what's happening with their body. And that will eventually help you in the potty training process too. Poop is one of the things that parents struggle with the most during the potty training process. Um, It's kind of a whole other can of worms almost. So um, the more you can normalize pooping and um, make it more of a positive thing for kids instead of something that they should feel um, shame for or something that they need to keep secretive or keep hidden from people and just be like, when you're changing their diaper after a poop, instead of being like, Oh, my God, you're so stinky, we got to get you out of that diaper, (laughs) which can be internalized as like a negative thing. Like, Oh, man, the poop makes me stink, you know, Um, then just makes makes mommy's nose crinkle up and like, right, like, our kids learn that from us. Exactly. Yeah. So it kind of perpetuates on as being a negative thing instead of a healthy, positive thing. So, you know, when you're changing their diaper instead, try to switch your language and be like, whoa, that was a really big poop. I bet your belly feels a lot better now. Like so that you're putting more of a positive spin on it for them instead of, um, you know, them internalizing kind of those negative terms that might come along with pooping that we Mm -hmm. probably all grew up with. So that Mm -hmm. can make a big difference.
0: Yeah, there's something really important here in terms of the whole body acknowledgements um, piece, which is like acknowledging what normal bodies do. And I know this is off topic, but just even the idea of like how it feels to touch our bodies as babies and like, oh, that spot feels good. And then that's a spot that you touch in privacy and only you get to touch it. And right. Like there's this whole like it all goes together
1: and how we can remove the shame related to what our bodies do. Right. In a natural way. Yeah, it's so important. And potty training does tend to kind of open the door to a lot of those other conversations too. And it's okay to start, you know, talking about it in an age appropriate way from that early on, because it's just going to carry through their whole childhood. And you are the one that gets to shape the way that they view their bodies and um, how other people should be with their bodies. So take, you know, take charge of that while you can. Mm.
0: I can remember entering into this special little jar that had little M&M's or there's like little rock candies. And mm-hmm. I was like, yep, we're doing the rewards because I I truthfully, I'm naive, right? As parents, we're like, we're not going to do that when it comes to our time. And then we end up doing <laughs> right. the thing. And I remember a girlfriend saying that her daycare provider had told her to stop rewarding her her child because- he was intentionally going poop so that he could get a reward.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, yeah.
0: So then here we are rewarding our child as well. And it's like, okay, well, now we're just creating this. So so tell us (laughs) a little bit about rewards. Is it something that we should use? Is it something that we shouldn't? Did I do it all wrong?
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, I personally agree with you. I think rewards are a great thing to include in the potty training process, especially if you have a child who seems a little bit more resistant to change. um, Just because, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of an extra motivator to to get you to do something that you don't want to do. And most kids are comfortable in their diapers, you know, like they don't want to get out of their diapers. They're convenient and, you know, they're nice and warm and they can keep playing and nothing changes for them. So, having a little external um, reward system in place can help things along a little bit to help them get over that initial hurdle until true habits are developed with using the potty. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, But it's important to also kind of incorporate the external reward with some Um, you know, just verbal and physical praise too, so that you can eventually kind of phase out the external reward and just, you know, lead into more of the the verbal praise and, and things like that, which should in turn help to build their intrinsic motivation to just start learning that, okay, you know, this is what I should be doing. And I feel good about doing this because, you know, it's what big kids do and stuff like that. So, Um, But a reward system can always help your process go a little bit, a little bit more smoothly. Who doesn't like Mm. a reward, right? Right. (laughs) I mean, we, we all do. We're all behaviorally reinforced, right? So it's, yeah, I I
0: can remember we're like, oh, this jar has gotten to be a very magical jar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know it holds a lot of power. (laughs) It does. It does. And it, it, it's a big, it's a big piece, right? And so I, I guess I'm wondering, what do you say to parents who get into this space of frustration about how things are going? Because I can imagine then that frustration comes out into pressure. And then we know that anybody feeling pressure does not want to do the things that they're being told to do. How do they, right? What, what do you say to them? How do you help them break out of that loop?
1: Yeah. So I always try to tell them to, Because a lot of times what can happen is that we're measuring progress based on failures instead of on successes. So Mm. we all seem to be focused more on how much your child isn't doing instead of how much they are doing and how much they are progressing. So it's always helpful to have that kind of mindset shift from counting the number of accidents as how well they're doing to counting the number of successes as to how they're doing. So try to put all of your focus on the good things that are happening instead of the bad things. And a lot of times that can help you kind of get out of that rut. And you can be like, oh, well, that's true. They, you know, when we started two days ago, they wouldn't even go near the toilet. And now they're peeing a couple times a day instead of being like, well, oh my gosh, he had six accidents today. Like, at least he still is sitting on the toilet and and he's peed a couple times now look how far you've come from 2 days ago and that can really help people be like oh okay like a light bulb goes off and they're like well that's true and then once you can find the happiness in the small things even if they are just small things that's going to reflect onto your child too because they're picking up on your moods and you know any subtle changes in your tone of voice or your body language and that's going to help them feel more confident and empowered as they're going through the process also.
0: I love that you bring this to the front because one of the things we're really good at doing as humans is hanging on to the negatives. We point out yeah. the negatives. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, we can think of Gottman's research and relationships where for every one negative statement, we need five positive statements. And yeah, if we think of that with like our
1: our children, right? That those negatives, they, right? They just cling on to us. Mm -hmm, For sure. And it probably is amplified even more for kids, because you have to think about how many times they hear no throughout the day. (laughs) Like, no, don't touch that. No, don't climb on that. No, don't jump off that. Like, it's a lot of no's that they hear throughout the day. And if you're if they're hearing on top of it, as they're trying to learn this difficult new skill, like, No, don't pee on the floor, you know, and all those types of things, you know, not to say you don't address the accident necessarily, but, um, you know, try to try to find a way to make it not as negative for them like, oh, you know, you peed on the floor. We're going to try the next time to put our pee in the potty and then mm. just kind of clean up and move on. And you don't have to put a ton of focus on the accidents. But when they have that success, you know, really go overboard with like how proud they should be and, you know, how proud you are of them and how they can do hard things and um, really celebrate the the progress that they're making. And that will in turn help things keep advancing and keep that motivation going forward. Mm. Our
0: children really do pick up our moods and they can sense from us how they're doing in comparison to how we are. So I think that is so powerful. And just knowing that most listeners are women who are carrying the mental load and who are the ones researching and getting ready to go into the potty training. Click pause right here and go back two minutes and just listen to this next piece, like, like, like this last piece with Allison in front of your partners so that you can both start to be on the same page just so that it's not all one person being told all what to do.
1: Yeah, 100%. And then that carries over also into the consistency for the child because... You want to make sure that, you know, all the caregivers are kind of on the same page and are addressing everything the same way so that, you know, there's no confusion or blurred lines for your child as Mm. they're trying to learn. Mm. Uh, That's important. I like that, that consistency
0: across all caregivers, because of course, if it's coming from one and then others are not on board,
1: it can start to backfire, right? Like it's confusing for everybody. Yeah, it can really start to send some mixed signals, you know, Um, and I find that to be true, especially in maybe like split households where, you know, if they go to dad's house, they're Mm. still in diapers, but at home, mom's trying to work on potty training and they're like, well, why does mom want me to use the potty? But dad says it's okay if I wear diapers and um, or even if you don't have that situation, maybe between even just at home, like if you're going on a long errand and you're going to be like, well, I'm just going to put a pull up on just in case um, while we run out. And they're going to be like, well, why, why do you want me to use the potty sometimes? But sometimes it's okay if I do go potty in my pants, like that can be a little confusing for kids. So Mm. as hard as it is, you know, as the one doing the coaching and the training to um, have to, to worry yourself with what am I going to do if there's an accident when we're out, it's going to, give your child that confident message that I believe in you, you can do this, you know, we'll bring the potty with us. If you need to go, just let me know. It's right in the back of the car. And um, try it that way instead of, you know, try to put your child's advancement ahead of your own conveniences at first, which is challenging. But um, I promise they can, you know, Our kids are capable of more than we give them credit for. So, Mm -hmm. but that consistency will help you, will help the process go much, much more efficiently. Will help them in that. Yes, of course, that makes sense. It, It is that.
0: And I think sometimes what we do is we forget to see this as, season it's a short season Mm -hmm. in the scheme of things yeah right in the scheme of things they will learn and that means sometimes we're not gonna get in all 10 errands we might only get in the one and might have to order the other ones or tackle it in a different way but as a family how how can you navigate that together because What is it fair to say, Allison, I'm just kind of thinking of this out loud, but that when you're potty training one child, it is kind of a whole family involvement
1: around it. A hundred percent. Yeah, I always say that, you know, try to go in thinking that, like, as you're preparing yourself to take on this process, it is a family affair. You know, the whole family is inconvenienced for a period of time while you're initially starting the potty training process. Um, it's a big change for your child, but it's a really big change for you, too. You know, diapers are super convenient. They allow us to just kind of carry on with our day to day and we don't have to worry about, you know, are are they going to have a bathroom where we're going? Is it going to be clean? Is my child going to be scared? What if they have an accident in the middle of the milk aisle, you know, like all of these things that make us really nervous, understandably. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you're right. If you can plan it around a time where things are already fairly calm in the home, you know, you don't have a lot of other major changes happening. Life is as just normal as possible. Then you hopefully are able to adjust a little bit, at least for those first few days, um, to accommodate for that learning and kind of slow life down a little so that you're not running all over the place or at least have some support systems in place for other kids or, you know, to help out. I, I'm, I'm resisting asking this question because I know it
0: is such an individual piece and it depends but I'm gonna ask it anyways. Which is how, <laughs> how long should parents plan for that? What what's the time frame? I'm trying to even think back to my my experience, and I can't remember.
1: Yeah. So I mean, everyone you ask, you're right, is a different answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and every and every kind of method or class or whoever's teaching you will tell you something different. Um personally, I'm a big believer in the fact that potty training is something that should fit into your existing lifestyle. Like you shouldn't necessarily have to uproot the way that you're doing things and your whole routine and everything like that in order to accommodate potty training. Um, And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one is just because it's not realistic. You know, when you're living with a small child, like you can't just change everything up all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't just be bunkered down in the house for weeks at a time until they're fully potty trained. It just isn't it isn't possible, frankly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, and then the other reason, too, is because kids, they love structure. They love routine and schedules and they thrive better when they have predictability. Um, So if all of a sudden they're used to going to school from 830 to one Monday through Friday and you're like, nope, I'm going to pull you out of school until you're potty trained, they're going to be like, whoa, what happened? Like, why are Mm. we changing everything you know, and now I'm using the potty, and then they're going to start associating the potty with like, maybe these negative changes to their schedule. Um, So it's, it's better if you can just kind of weave it in as best as you can to what you're doing day to day anyway. So maybe plan for like two days, two to three days over the weekend to kind of Make that official switch over from um from diapers to introducing the like laying the foundation for using the potty. And then from there, try to get back into your regular routine as much as you can, because your kids are going to have to learn how to do that anyway. So you might as well not change too much for them and just kind of dive in and be prepared and and go with the flow, literally. <laughs> <laughs> go with the flow. Yeah,
0: it's, uh, so I think sometimes we make it harder on ourselves. I I know we had some battles early on and it was hard. And maybe even just sinking into that acknowledgement of this is something really hard that you're doing. And if you need support, please seek support. Allison's here. You help so many families. You don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to feel like you need to, you know, listen to lots of things or buy all of the books or ask a hundred friends, right? I think that's something that is really specialized. But what you offer is, you know how to do this. You know how to help families through this.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's one reason why I really wanted to focus on this one aspect of toddler development and not combine it with anything else because it is such a unique time for every Mm. family. And, And it's a very, you know, it's kind of an intimate time. And it's one of those first milestones where your child is is learning how to become more independent. And it's a big deal. So it's really important. And as a mom, I fully acknowledge how, you know, difficult it can be. And it's really, it's just so great to be able to be that support for families that need it. And it shouldn't necessarily have to be something that you guess your way through or that you have to figure out all on your own, If especially if you're struggling. Yes. Yes. Especially for that. What would be your top tip to parents who are about to enter into potty training? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So one of my top tips is to not compare your journey to anyone else's, like we already kind of talked about, but also um, from more of like a practical standpoint, Prepare your child first. So, and what I mean by that is don't just wing it. Like, don't just be like, oh, you know what? It's Thursday and tomorrow we don't have any plans. So let's try to start using the potty. Um, give, your child, <laughs> give your child a couple of weeks <laughs> to at least kind of start introducing the concept to them, read some books together about potty training, watch some videos, maybe do like some pretend play, things like that to help your child get some exposure to and some experience with the potty before putting any pressure on them to do or change anything themselves right away um, can really make your process go a lot easier. So that would be my number one recommendation.
0: I'm chuckling a little bit because this is what we do as parents. We we do all the research in our heads and we've prepared all the things. And then it's kind of like we slow down the bus and we're like, okay, kids, jump in. And then we have to yep. go, right? Like, and we just expect them to kind of be with us. But if we onboard them, and, and that's so beautiful, Allison. I love how you're saying that is do a little bit of that imaginary play. Talk about it. Read the book. Have the potty there. Introduce them just to this thing that's there. And instead of kind of this like, okay, Thursday, we're doing it. And it's like, what do you mean? Right? Our our kids are our little people and they, they understand, and you had already said this, but they understand so much more than what we give them credit to. And this can really, and as I was listening to you today, I was thinking, okay, let's think of what we know that children need. They need love and belonging. They need attention. They need control and power and freedom, And this can be a way for them to have a bit more of choice and power within such a difficult process where, as you said, for some kids, you're taking away something comfortable
1: and easy and convenient. Yeah. Exactly. And they don't know any different. So, you know, try to think about it from your child's perspective. Like imagine if somebody gave you a diaper and said, okay, you're going to start using diapers from now on. (laughs) Like, whoa, right? Like your Uh whole world would be rocked. Like that's how it feels too. Where's
0: the next bathroom? I need to know where
1: the next bathroom is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I think, yeah, acknowledging that it's a really huge change for them so that you can be, you know, the most loving support that you can be for them through that, even during those frustrating moments um, can, can go a long way because they're going to need you for that. So another reason why parenting is, is so hard and so much fun and so awesome at the same time. It's, it's all of it, the both
0: and the hard and the amazing parts as well. Alison, thank you so much for sharing with me today, for sitting with me and thank you to everyone for listening today.
1: Yes, thank you, Tracy. It's always a pleasure.
0: Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. See you next week. What's up guys, I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in